0: Ah, the message, encouraging one another's. So, to start with, why don't we turn to three people, or four, depending how many are next to you. I'd like to give you three compliments to the person that's near you. Just a little activity to get us started. Three compliments to someone near you. Three encouragements. <laughs> Isn't it nice to get a compliment? Isn't it nice to receive some encouragement? Amen? Amen? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, go. F- oh, well, June did give me some, but if you want to, I mean, I've always taken up her encouragement. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Why, thank you. Let me start by telling you a story. Uh, the story is of a gentleman, and uh, it's the days before mobile phones. And uh, he went to a restaurant and he actually, um, in the restaurant, asked where the payphone was. We all remember what the payphone is, right? And uh, he, he dials up a, uh, a company and he says, look, I'm a hardworking uh, sales manager and I'm looking for a job. Would you happen to be uh, having a job free? And the man said, oh, look, I can't answer that. Let me give it to you, my manager, and he'll be able to talk to you. And uh, the manager takes the phone and he says, look, I'm a hardworking, dedicated, loyal sales manager and I'm looking for a job. Uh, a- and I would, was wondering if you had any positions vacant. And the uh, manager says, look, sorry, we already have a hardworking, loyal sales manager and um, we, we would like to keep him in the position. So thank you, but no thank you. And so he hangs up the, f- the, f- the phone, the pay phone, with this massive smile on his face. And in the restaurant, the waitress sees and says, why are you so happy? Because you just got rejected from getting a job. And the man says, well, actually, I already have that job. I was just ringing my boss to hear that he thought I was also as good as I thought I was. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's a fictional story. But it holds an important truth, and the important truth is the first point for my sermon this morning. People are starving for affirmation and encouragement. Would you agree? Yeah, people are starving for affirmation and encouragement. The good news is, though, that we get to offer it to them. How good's that? We get to offer it to them. People no longer receive encouragement as much these days at at work or at home, necessarily, or at school. Uh, at uni, I know it's quite hard when you receive your essays and all it's got is red lines saying, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, and maybe you might get a, oh, that's a good point. But people are starving for encouragement, and I feel like in the community, there is a dangerous myth that is starting to be formed, and that is that, Encouragement is no longer important. Do we have that slide there, Chris? Would you be able to pop that one up? Danger is no, Encouragement is no longer important. Just black it out, buddy, and then put it up. That'll be good. Maybe sometimes you'll find people say, no, it's important to invest in our kids. It's important to encourage our kids to do well. And maybe there's some sort of people that require encouragement you know there's some maybe maybe you'll find people that say that but i feel like there's a myth that's coming that says encouragement is no longer important in the world at the moment the reality is though that we need affirmation we need encouragement and in fact as christians we're called to be those people that give the affirmation and encouragement And everyone wants more of it. And when we give the affirmation and encouragement, it actually, in ourselves, makes us feel good. And it's all to do with this thing called love. When we affirm and encourage, we love. So I just want to show that video there, Chris, the one with the the little kid, and we'll stop it when it gets to the question. You'll know.
1: What's the idea is how you can change the world? Some people think you should just complain about it. That won't change the world. It'll just make it mad. Some people think you have lots of money money. Make it rain everywhere you go. Uh -uh -uh. Holla for a dollar. Some people think you have to be really loud and yell a lot. It's like with a bullhorn shouting, Hey you, yeah you! Do it my way, right now! You heard? Other people choose to just make fun of everything. That's dumb, that's dumb, everyone's dumb. It's easier to make fun of stuff, but it's cooler to make stuff. Some people think changing the world can only be done by the smartest person in the world. Just put them in a room, let them figure it out. The solution of world hunger? Food. Wow, that was like so amazing. Some people see the bad in the world and they just decide to ignore it. But that won't help anything. Some people think you have to be really famous and super cool. In fact, lots of people think you have to be really powerful to make a difference. Like being mayor or senator or president. But the truth is, a title doesn't make you more important. The world is changed by you. It's one person filled with love. And they just have to live it out, so they do something awesome. Then that person is filled with love, and they do something awesome. It just goes on and on and on and on. And the next thing you know, everything's awesome. Some people think it's impossible to change the world. It's impossible to change the world. Well, you can see why they could think that. Living in the world with kids who are hungry, people who are homeless, families weren't happy, I'm just trying to figure it out like everybody else, man. I do know this, though. Next time you feel overwhelmed or totally alone, remember this. Things don't have to be the way they are. The world is changed by ordinary people. Little people living out big love. And that's what gives the world a reason to dance. So,
0: how can we change? That's it. How do we change the world? Love. Love. And encouragement and affirmations and praise, they're all forms of love. They're all forms of love. Now, we use the word love very loosely today. Would you not agree? We use the word love very loosely. And uh, actually, we think, uh, when I think of the word love, I think of the verse in 1 Corinthians. You know, the one that they often use at weddings, but it should be used in a different time, but that's okay. It's used in weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not dishonour. It's not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. It keeps no records. You know that one? Well, actually, when we look at the love and when it was translated from the first scripts, there was actually six different words for love, right? Six different words for love. And they're very specific with what sort of word they used. The first word that they could have used was eros. And eros is a love that you find in newlyweds. It's very passionate. Um, and it's called eros. Then you've got philia, philia love, which is very much about the deep friendship. You've got a long-lasting, deep friendship. You've got philia love. Then you've got ludos, ludos love, or laddus, I don't know how you pronounce it properly, but lados. That's a playful love. I think of a puppy, you know, a puppy and its playfulness. And then you've got pragma love, which is a long-standing love. Pragma. Then you've got philotia, which is your love of self. The final love, which is the love that we read about in Love is Patient, Love is Kind, is actually agape. Agape love. And it's a selfless love and it's often referred to as God's love. Whenever you read agape love in the Bible, it's always about God's love for people. God is love, God is agape. So when we say love is patient, it's actually agape is patient. Does that make sense? Didn't lose you? The reason why I say that is because it's actually important because when we reflect the sort of love that we want to show to the world we actually want to be reflecting the agape love and that's what we want from our affirmations our encouragements and our praises of people is to show the agape yeah show the agape i say that because it's so easy to uh think when you're encouraging people that it can do harm when you encourage someone you think oh they can get a big ego or you may find if you have a high thought of yourself well actually if I encourage them it will take less away from what I'm doing now I don't think that's anyone here but I think it's important to say because there are people out there that's like that No, the prescription of of encouragement that I think we should be doing is actually one that doesn't focus on objections. Let me say that again. The sort of encouragement which I believe our church offers, I do think our church gives this sort of encouragement, and I'd love to see continue to grow and nurture, is a type of encouragement that forgets about objections. Here's the thing with agape love right agape love agape encouragement agape um, affirmations and praises it's your sticky idea you know when i preach you're going to get this, that one liner encouragement the sort that we want isn't a one-off act it's a lifestyle can you pop that one up for me chris encouragement isn't a one-off act it's a lifestyle We have to make encouragement a habit in ourselves that's so ingrained that ultimately we are always reflecting God's love. And we're called to live a life of encouragement. And this is something we do really well here. Whenever I feel like you ask me, how are you going? It's not just one of those drive-by statements of how are you going, but it's how are you doing really? And we get to the crux of it. And then it's a matter of, let us pray for you. Up the front, we're praying for Laurie and Yvonne. And everyone that's sick, we come to our prayer of the people and we list them. It's something we do do well here and we should continue to encourage ourselves to grow in. Because that's reflecting God's love, the agape love. An encouraging environment makes a real difference in someone's life. Proverbs 12, verse 25 says this, Worry weighs down the heart, but a kind word gives it joy. Isn't that nice? Worry weighs down the heart, but a kind word gives it joy. You know, in life, I feel like we have a backpack. I sort of used this one at the start of the spiritual disciplines. But we have a backpack, and sometimes it gets more and more filled with rocks. Do you think of those times in life where you feel like your backpack's weighing you down, you're getting those rocks? In those instances, are we people that come alongside and add more rocks? Or do we take some of the rocks out of the backpack? We say to them, look, you're doing a great job carrying all those rocks, but here, let me help. See, that's what a kind word does for that person. Worry weighs down the heart, but a kind word gives it joy. And we can take it further. If you read Proverbs 31, Proverbs is confusing because it's wisdom literature. And um, yeah, it's just confusing. But Proverbs 31, if you read it, it's a fantastic little parable story um, in there. And it's uh, about a wife. And the wife is described of noble character. It's the wife of noble character and she's described as a dedicated worker. She serves all those that are around her. She runs a profitable business and she makes her, her husband is, makes sure her husband is a priority. All these great traits and the question that's left at the end of this description and this uh, story of this awesome lady is how do you encourage this person? And it's interesting, they don't say, well, you give her 10,000 horses or you give her the riches of the kingdom or it's not a matter of you give her the land to the rest of her generation. What is the ultimate reward for this person of character? Proverbs 31 verse 30 and 31 says, Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised reward her for all she has done and let her deeds publicly declare her praise it says there reward her for all she has done with praise so firstly she's rewarded with praise encouragement but i want to look at that bit there what she has done reward her for what all she has done and some translations say, all she has earned. When, when the, what the parable is saying is that praise for a job is not a nice thing that we do for the person. It's not something that we just do if we feel like it. Rather, it's something that we owe them. Encouragement, praise is something that we owe them. Think about for a moment what happens to a relationship when you withhold praise or thanks. What happens to that relationship? What happens to your relationship with the individual when you withhold praise and thanks? See, If you think of it in a worldly sense, it's like you work Monday through to Friday, and it comes to Friday, and you don't get your paycheck. And then you're still expected to go to work the next week, so you go to work again, and you work another Monday through to Friday, but then you don't get paid again. And then you're still expected to go to work and Monday to Friday, and you still don't get paid. How is your relationship with the employer then? You're not going to think very highly of him, are you? This feeling of not getting paid is what the Scripture is talking about when we don't get the encouragement and the praise we deserve. We need to make sure that we're encouraging and praising everyone for the deeds that they're doing. It's really important. So let me ask a, a reflective question for you. Is there anyone that you need to praise? Not right now. We won't do it right now. But is there anyone that you need to offer some encouragement to? Proverbs 3 verse 27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Let me say it again. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. That just sort of sums up that point, doesn't it? Let me make the last statement for you in the form of a question. What would happen if you do withhold encouragement from someone? And if I put it shortly, the the answer is bad things. Bad things happen. Let me tell you a final story before we start to wrap up. There was once a man who worked in the airport, and uh, he did the oversized baggage. You know the oversized baggage, how you have to go to the separate area and put a separate tag, and they send it. And uh, this one day, he was being abused by a gentleman, and the gentleman was, like, just complaining that his shirt was untouched, he was going slowly, he was complaining about people getting in front, all the different complaints in the world. And... He start, the, the employee just manages to numb it out until finally a point he gets up into his face and says are you even listening to what I say? and the, the, the employee says yes I'm sorry sir that it's taking so long but I'm going as quick as I can now that gentleman goes off to his gate and uh, he then has another customer come up and he says wow that was incredible how you managed to handle that fella how'd you do it? And the gentleman said to him, actually, this guy is going to Melbourne, but I'm sending his bags to Brisbane. (laughs) Sending it to Brisbane. (laughs) Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. If you do, bad things will happen. So how much does it cost to say, job well done? How much does it cost us to lead through encouragement rather than criticism? That's right. It doesn't cost you anything. So why don't we? And I'm not saying again that we don't, I know a lot of you do, but it's an encouragement to keep doing it. We need to build people up rather than tearing them down. And this brings us to our reading this morning, the, the, the Bible reading from Thessalonians, and Paul starts off by saying, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. So there was an expectation they were already encouraging each other. So he's already presuming that they're doing that. If Paul was expecting that of people that had no idea really, he was trying to tell them about Jesus, they were already doing it. We, knowing Jesus, should be doing that so much more. So he was already expecting them to, but this verse here is also an encouragement to continue to develop ourselves in that way, so that we can de- encourage people more and more, so that we can continue to show that agape love. I put together a bit of a list from what we read in that uh, la- in that scripture passage, and these are the different things just in ten verses that come up in ways that we can encourage each other so the first one encourage each other now uh, therefore encourage one another and build each other up now we ask you brothers and sisters to acknowledge each other i didn't put that one up there but acknowledge each other another word is respect one another hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work esteem them in high love Live in peace with each other. Keep yourself at peace. If we have peace in ourselves and we're offering agape love through encouragement, affirmation, we're actually going to give them peace. We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle. I didn't put that one up there, but sometimes encouragement isn't just telling people when it's nice sometimes it's helping them to notice they're doing something wrong and bringing them out of that place into the light encourage the disheartened make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else rejoice always rejoice always pray continually Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. That's 10 verses. And Paul's listed 10 things that we can do just to encourage each other. Encourage one another, respect one another, give them love, keep yourself at peace, help one another, be patient. Don't repay evil with evil, rejoice, pray, give thanks. So I said before, the sticky one-liner is that we actually don't want these encouragements to be a one-off. We want to make it a lifestyle. That's really a lot easier said than done, and I'm still trying to learn how to do that, I must be honest. But one way... And I'd like to challenge you. Maybe you want to try this this week, just even for the social experiment side of it. This is how I started to get the habit formed in my own life. Is when I was, I think I was 15 actually, when this was presented to me in youth group. The youth leader said to me, Caleb, what you've got to do, you have five coins. Five coins, right? And the five coins go in the one pocket. Every time you encourage someone, take one coin out of the right pocket and put it into the left pocket. And the goal was to have, by the end of the day, the five coins in one side to the other. Then he came back a week later and said, I thought it through. You need to do five times while you're at school. Then when you're on the bus, take it all out, put it in your pocket again, do five times for your parents. Five times. And then when you start to get better, do seven seven coins and then nine coins now that was really hard to not spend on the canteen at school but i feel like it's greatly deepened my ability to encourage people so my encouragement for you we've been getting homework at bible study on a tuesday afternoon lately but my encouragement for you is why don't you give it a try get five coins just see how you go you may do it in half an hour You may do it in 10 minutes. Or you may get to the end of the day and think, gee, that was five in a day. That's great. So, to sum it up, to wrap it up, we've been looking a lot at proverbs, so I thought I'll put in my own little proverb. Give people the praise they have earned, give people the encouragement they deserve and it will transform your relationships. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the encouragement that we have of you living in our life, and we thank you for that love that we've received, and we pray that uh, you will help us to give out the agape love that you have put into us so that we can be a witness for you, so that we can show the world of the love that you have for it and that they can come to know you. We thank you for that opportunity and we thank you for the encouragement and joy that is to be in that place with you. Amen. Amen.